Hello everybody, sit back, relax, turn your lights out, light some candles, and listen to some stories about nightmares, ghosts, paranormal, and shit that just can't be explained. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of Graveyard Grumbler Spooky Tales. I am your host, Tina Romero Jr., a.k.a. The Graveyard Grumbler. And I have four chilling tales to share with you today. First one is an accident that happened in the lake. Second one is a story submitted by my 14-year-old regarding a little girl named Sydney. The third one will make you want to check under your bed before you go to sleep. And the last one, well, an old friend from the previous uh, episode is coming back to join us with his little buddy, Mr. Smile. Hopefully everyone enjoys and here we go. The lake. I'm a fairly decent swimmer for my age. I'm not on the swimming team or anything, but I have done a lot of lake swimming in my time. Growing up, I was lucky enough to have a lake right down the road from my house, so with the 10-minute walk, I was in swimmer's heaven. I swam every day during the summer for several hours, so like I mentioned before, I'm a pretty good swimmer. Well, several years have passed since that time. Now as an adult, married, with kids, I was fortunate enough to buy a house with a lake on the property. Great. Now my kids can swim all the time like I did growing up. It was an amazing feeling getting back into the water. Swimming came to me easily. It felt like I never stopped. Watching my kids learning to swim, well, it made it so much better for me to enjoy it. However, this story isn't about the good old times or it wouldn't be on this podcast. Hopefully the encounter I'm about to share with you will be a little more cautious around lakes. It was a hot and humid Saturday evening, so I decided it was time for a swim. With kids busy doing homework, I let my wife know I was going to take a quick swim. As I walked towards the lake, I noticed some movement in the middle of the water, followed by some bubbles. I wrote it off as just some sort of fish or a turtle. Once in the water, I started doing some laps. I was making my third lap around the lake when I felt some hands grab me from my ankle and pull me down to the bottom. As I was being dragged, I felt teeth and claws dig into my leg. I was fighting to escape the attack and fighting for my life. With my back pinned on the bottom of the lake, I felt my oxygen leaving my body. I felt a crunch followed by an excruciating pain. I didn't feel pinned anymore, so I fought with what little air I had left in my lungs and swam to the surface. Once my lungs filled back up with air, I made it back to dry land. I pulled myself out of the water, still having unbearable pain. I tried standing up, only then falling back down, I noticed that my left leg was bitten off above the knee. I managed to call 911 right before passing out. When I came to, the doctors did a great job with my nub. I still don't have a leg and I can't walk without using crutches or a walker. No more swimming in the lake for me, or for my family. I still have no clue what grabbed me, but I am grateful that I'm alive. Since that night, I sit at the edge of the lake, staring out into the middle of the water, hoping I could get a glimpse at whatever took my leg. 
I'm just thankful that it was my leg and not one of my kids. Sydney by Carissa Romero. Hello, I'm Detective Richardson. The date is December 15th, 2019. This is an interrogation of suspect Jane Doe. Suspect is a minor and therefore we cannot reveal her true identity. Ms. Doe, please explain to me what you remember about the first time you met Sydney. Yes, detective, but you're saying this like Sydney never existed. She did, and I'm going to tell you exactly how we met. When people tell you to be careful what you wish for, believe them. I'm 14 years old and I'm a freshman in high school. It all started on September 12th. The first day of freshman year, I really wanted to make a good impression. I mean, who doesn't, right? Coming from being a big bath 8th grade hotshot gives you something to expect. But as soon as I got to first period, I quickly realized that nobody liked me. And that pissed me off. I wasn't expecting to be glared at or shunned. 8th grade really had me hoping for something different. Weeks and weeks went by and I still had no friends and the teasing went on and on and on. I found myself wishing the bullies would get a taste of their own medicine. You know what I mean? We were nearing the end of the first semester when I finally met my first and only friend. I had met her in biology. She told me her name was Sydney. When I met her, I thought at first she was a goth girl. Black hair, too pale foundation that made her look like a ghost. Torn clothing, upside down crosses, you know, the typical goth girl look. She was a sophomore who transferred from Arizona after getting expelled for fighting. Her mom told her she deserved a fresh start, but honestly, I didn't give a shit about her history at all. She was really nice to me. In fact, I was the only one she was nice to. We quickly got together, just a us against the world. After we started dating, she'd tell me on multiple occasions that she would die for me. A couple of times, she even told me that she'd kill for me. While we were dating, the bullying and disdain towards me only got worse. But I didn't really care at that point, or at least I thought I didn't. While I was with Sydney, I was the happiest I'd been in a while. She said we were perfect for each other, soulmates even. Then about a week or so after Sid and I had gotten together, things started getting weird. Everyone who'd mess with me at all would wind up going missing. I wasn't really concerned about their whereabouts because if they were ever found, they'd start bullying Sid and I again. Truthfully, I was kind of glad they were gone. One day, Sid invited me to go over to her house. She said she had a surprise for me. I loved her surprises. They were always so romantic, so obediently I followed her to her house. This would be my first time going over. Everything was going great. We walked straight from school to her house, talking and joking, but when we walked inside, her house looked like an exact copy of mine. Was that the surprise? I mean, obviously it was Sid's house. There were pictures of her and her parents everywhere, but I couldn't shake the feeling that something wasn't right. I was about to ask her what was up with the replica of my house until I remembered that she'd never been to my house before. 
I kept my mouth shut thinking that maybe it was just a really crazy kind of creepy coincidence. Me to follow her and she led me down to the basement. Immediately I was greeted by a horrible smell. I didn't want to somehow offend her and tell her how bad the basement stunk so I just covered my nose and continued following her down the stairs. The smell was worse down there. Sid clicked on the light. I was absolutely disgusted. There were maybe 10 to 12 bodies stacked up in the middle of the basement floor. Not to mention, the basement looked eerily similar to mine. The only difference was a rusty toolbox leaning against the wall. Help me burn them, Sid said, her voice cold and unfamiliar. I didn't answer. I just put my hands over my face trying not to inhale the putrid stench or stare at the mound of bodies that had been gifted to me. You weren't ready before, she mentioned, grabbing a matchbox off the table next to her. But you are now. Help me. Let's get revenge. You won't miss them. They hated you. I didn't wait any longer. I hurried out of there as fast as I could, running in the direction of my house. But when I looked back, I realized that I was already home. Confused, I called the police immediately. I gave them Sid's address and they left to go investigate. They weren't happy with me when they arrived at at an abandoned house. It had been empty for years, the cops told me. I explained the situation to them and told them about the of her house to my own. Told them what school she went to and I told them what she looked like. To prove my point, I took out my phone to show them pictures of her and me together, but I had none. They were all gone. There are no records of Sydney. I didn't know her last name. The school didn't have her schedule, her yearbook photo, nothing. All the pictures I hung up in my room of her also gone. But I know she existed. I know it. I kept insisting that she did exist, even when the police came back with a warrant to check my house. I was insisting even when they found the bodies in my basement. How did they get there? I don't know. But I know Sydney existed, and I know she was the one who did it. But as I sat alone in the interrogation room, I remembered what one of the bullies had said about me. There's a girl that keeps talking to herself. What was that supposed to mean? Did Sydney exist? Was I the only one who could see her? what's under my bed. My family and I moved into our first house July 2019. We lived in an apartment and I had to share a room with my two sisters making it three to a room. Although it was cramped, we made it work. Well, when we were told we were going to get our own room, I literally jumped for joy. The only catch was our new big house was in Texas, meaning I'd have to leave my life in Washington. A small price to pay, I thought. It took a few days to get to our new home in Texas, but it was worth it when I saw how big the house was from the outside. 
When my mom opened the door, my sisters and I ran upstairs to pick out our new rooms. I chose the room right next to the bathroom. I didn't want to walk far at night to go pee. It took a few weeks, but my room was finally set up. My bed was in the middle of the room. My desk at the feet of my bed against the wall where I can look at it. My closet to the right of me filled with my clothes. It was finally my room. The best part of having a room is the family dog being able to sleep with me or my sister depending on whose turn it is. Let's fast forward a few months to the whole reason I'm sharing this. For the past few days, I've been hearing what sounds like shuffling of either hands or feet under my under my bed. I braved the sound a few times and decided to check, but nothing. After the third time checking, coming up with nothing, I figured it was the tree outside my window. On this particular night, I finally went to bed around midnight. My dad was home on his day off, and so the family decided to watch a Disney movie. After the movie, the dog and I went to my room. We settled in, my dog laying next to me, under the blankets, and no time we were asleep. I woke up to my hand being licked. I figured it was the dog, so I looked down and saw a dark figure dart back under my bed. Figuring it for the dog, I closed my eyes, wiped my wet palm on my blanket, and went back to sleep. Right before I fell into the good deep sleep, I thought I heard a giggle and paper rustling under my bed. Figuring it to be a dream, I ignored it. I woke up the next morning, got out of bed, and stepped on a piece of paper. Written on the paper in a red orange-colored ink that stunk, by the way. The note said, humans can lick hands too. Figuring it was my sisters playing a trick on me, I went and asked them. They both denied it, and I believed him. I didn't want to, but I knew it wasn't them. Well, nothing happened for the next few days, which made me happy. One Saturday night, though, I woke up to a sharp pain on my hand that was hanging off the side of my bed. I pulled my arm up, turned on my bedside lamp, and saw teeth marks on the side of my palm. I looked up at my door. It opened, and I caught a glimpse of a small figure running out of my room. Still in shock, I, I just sat on my bed staring at the bite mark. I got out of bed stepping on another piece of paper. It was written in the same reddish-orange ink that had the same foul odor from the first one. All the notes said was, next time. I have no idea what it was that bit me. I just know it had human teeth. Luckily, my dad believed me. We moved out of the house into a new one. My bed isn't on the frame, so my box spring is flat on the floor. I don't hear any noises anymore. My hand isn't licked randomly because nothing could get under my bed. I just hope that whatever it was doesn't hurt the next people that live in our old house. Mr. Smile. Hi, it's me again. You might remember me from the last time when Mr. Rude Guy didn't tell me his name so I could add him on Facebook. Because of that, I introduced him to Mr. Smile and we know the outcome of that. 
today I take you on another adventure. Although this adventure has already taken place, I just want to share what happened with you. Just a reminder that my name and location aren't important. I also upgraded my fun bag. I have this colorful backpack that is a lot better looking than a tool bag. Oh, Mr. Smile got a little upgrade too. I painted a glossy blue, added some sparkles to make it less scary. The reel is now connected to a remote control so I don't have to be so close. You know, social distancing and all. Back to the adventure though. I took a trip to the store that was about a mile away from my house. With my fun bag on my back, I walked enjoying the beautiful sunny day. When I got to the store, I went grab what I needed when some big tough guy bumped into me. He actually ran into me almost knocking me over. He looked me up and down and laughed at me called me a bitch making fun of my backpack. I stared at him and said in a low tone, That isn't very nice. Apologize and walk away. This tough guy pushed me by the face, cussed at me, and walked away. I became very angry and walked out the store towards the parking lot. I waited just out of view hoping to see what vehicle the guy drove so I could get his license plate number to find him later. After about mm, 30 minutes, I saw the tough guy walk out towards the parking lot. He made his way towards a lifted Chevy truck. It was a beautiful truck, I have to admit. He unlocked his door, patted his pockets, and ran back towards the store. Well, I took that opportunity to check the tailgate, and to my surprise, it was unlocked. I had snapped the bed cover just enough for me to get in. Once I got inside of the bed, I left it open just a bit just so I can close the tailgate in and laid the bed cover over just in hopes that he wouldn't see me back there. I laid in the back of the bed and just waited. After a few minutes, I heard the truck door close and off we went. We pulled up to what I'm guessing was his house. I checked my phone so I could record the date and time in my journal. Friday, May 15th, 2020, 3 p.m. I waited in the back of the truck until hmm, 4 p.m. I got out making my way to the back door. I took out my flathead screwdriver to pop the door open, but before I pried the door, I turned the doorknob and to my surprise, it was unlocked. What an idiot. I crept into his house slowly when I spotted him on a step stool changing a light bulb. He had some AirPods in. I laughed, walking closer to him, I go into my fun bag taking out my two scalpels. With one in each hand, I slash both of his Achilles at the same time. He drops like a brick falling from a ladder. Oh shit, are you okay? You hit the floor pretty hard, I said. He just kept screaming. Ugh, typical. Blood was everywhere. The tough guy laid in a puddle of his own blood. I just laughed at him. I managed to prop him upright. He kept closing his eyes from the pain, so I grabbed my pliers from the bag. With the pliers, I grabbed his eyelids where his eyelashes are, stretched them out using one of the scalpels. I cut them off so he could keep his eyes open. Since I had my pliers in my hand, I decided to take one of his molders out. Hell, I need a souvenir, don't I? 
He didn't say much, just a bunch of yelling from the pain. I went to grab Mr. Smile out of my bag, making my way back to Mr. Tough Guy. I tell him, all you had to do was apologize and this wouldn't have happened. Now you're fucked. You're not so tough now, are you? I went back and got my back so it could be closer to me. I took out the salt and poured it on his Achilles to stop bleeding. Took out the acid and poured it on his crotch, melting his shorts and genitals together. I laughed and got a bit of a high from the whole ordeal. Finally, I grabbed Mr. Smile and attached it to his upper and lower set of teeth and locked it in place. His tongue was wiggling around. The sight of his tongue moving around made me a little nauseous, so I, I grabbed the pruning shears out and cut that gross little tongue out. I grabbed the salt so I could stop the bleeding from his mouth. I settled down next to Mr. Tough Guy and sang this tune while I turned Mr. Smile on. Hush, Mr. Tough Guy, don't say a word. Mr. Smile is gonna buy you a mockingbird. And if that mockingbird won't sing, Mr. Smile will make you feel a little sting. And if that little sting don't hurt, Mr. Smile will make the pain a little worse. Oh, Mr. Tough Guy, you're starting to cry. I guess you figured out you're going to die. The cracking of his mouth makes me chuckle. Intoxicated from the sound, I can't help but smile with joy. One last loud pop and Mr. Tough Guy is gone. All he had to do was apologize. Well, thank you everyone for joining me on today's adventure. And remember, always be nice because you never know who you're going to meet. Hopefully everyone enjoyed those four creepy tales and they give you goosebumps, make you look over your shoulder and make you keep your hand from hanging over the bed. Thank you everyone for your patience. I had a little vacation over the weekend and didn't get to put out this episode, but I'm back and they should be going in as scheduled unless we let you know otherwise. So enjoy your night. Enjoy the dark. Keep the candles off. And as always, sleep tight. Thank you for listening. It's time to blow out the candle and try to get some sleep. Remember, don't go investigate when you hear noises in the dark. You know what happens. Enjoy the night, enjoy the dark, and try to get some rest. This is the Graveyard Grumbler Speaking Stories. I'm your host, Graveyard Grumbler. Enjoy your night. Graveyard Grumbler Spooky Tip. Here's the